What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Picking Corners, a box lacrosse channel production. I'm Cami Mack. I'm here with Garrett. Uh, and once again, we are brought to you by none other than My Protein, uh, our wonderful sponsor. If you're looking to get, uh, you know, after your protein fixings, right, you're trying to get big for the end of the summer here, big push, this beach body, uh, you're, you're trying to supplement some of those meals, whatever it may be in your workout journey, my protein is here to help you out with a fantastic deal. Nonetheless, you can get 40% off your entire order on already reasonable prices. If you use our promo code PCORNERS40, again, the promo code is PCORNERS40. Thank you, my protein for that wonderful offer for our audience. And we're just lucky to have you back. If you're listening again, uh, if it's your first time, we appreciate you joining us. Garrett, What's going on, man? I know I wasn't here on the episode uh, last week. Uh, now there's no Tucker. It seems like you're really... <laughs> we, just trade, we just trade pieces out every time. <laughs> it, it seems like you're really the rock of the program as of late. How, how does it feel to have to shoulder all of that pressure? It is, uh, it's interesting sometimes, I tell you. It's a little interesting, but I'm glad you're back because, you know, we miss our K-Mac. <laughs> I missed you guys too, and, you know, uh, I was a little upset that I didn't get to be on with Dan. You know, he seemed like he had a wealth of knowledge to offer you guys some really good conversation. We appreciate him coming on. Uh, but nonetheless, excited to to be on the show uh, again this week. And, and, you know, we've definitely got some some good episodes lined up. Right. Uh, today's guest is none other than Ian McKay of the NLL um, Bandits. Recently an NLL champion. That's pretty awesome. Does play in the PLL as well, so it'll be cool to talk to him about that crossover, maybe pick his brain on some of those hard-hitting questions from the All-Star game. Uh, you know, that let, let's talk about that, right? 121-mile-an-hour shot. That's ridiculous. That That's that's your boy. That's your position right there, defense, right? How do you feel about the deep holes representing? I love it. Um, I love it, and I hate it because the fact that I can't get anywhere close. The fastest I've rec- recorded was uh, 70 74 and that was this past weekend i did see that on your uh snapchat story the, the the boys were together for illinois state i see yep so it was our alum we do two alumni games one in the summer one in the actual fall um so the one of the summers up here and we decided to every year we do a fastest shot competition for a bottle of classy azul tequila um courtesy of one of the um members of our alumni staff um and funny enough the one who donated it is the one who won the competition don't know how that happened but yeah so he basically took the bottle um from here to the game said hey whoever can win it win it and he he's bringing it back home so don't know that how, is how. uh quite an interesting strategy do you think that he's been buying that tequila because that's his favorite and he's yes. banking on winning every year is one thousand percent something that 1, he's won in the past or is this his first year uh taking this is, no this is his first year winning it all this right. is the first year that this bottle has been in it, though. So I, I have a feeling that as soon as it came to this bottle being in, he was like, okay, you know, I got to do this. Now, I will say, um, when we were packing it all up, I did see him put the radar gun into his bag. So maybe the radar gun is fixed. I don't know. <laughs> I just seemed, it seemed a little bit too fishy for me. But it's still, congratulations. Um, so, yeah, that was fun. But uh, in some other news, as far as the NLL goes, people are making a little bit of moves. Um, some people are jumping ship. Some people are buckling people, buckling their players down. Um, uh, who someone just got actually when I pull it up while well, I have it here, the franchise tag just got placed on Dane Smith. 
for Buffalo Bandits. So congratulations to him. Um, Panther City has offered Callum Crawford, Mitch, the the franchise check, my might add. Mitch Jones is now on a two year with the Wings. So Marcus, you're going to, you got two years to play with Mitch now. Have fun with that. And then I'm going to ask Ian about this later on, uh, what a qualifying offer means, because I've seen this, I've seen it around the boards here a couple of times. Um, Band is making a couple qualifying offers to some players, same thing for some other folks. So it's interesting to see what they, uh, what people got going on. Yeah. You know what I don't know enough about is how, um, all of the, the money works, right? If, uh, there is a cap in place, which I assume there is some sort of salary cap, right? Um, what that number is and, you know, how close some of the, the top tier teams are to that, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see teams like Buffalo, Colorado, uh, you know, even the, the seals Calgary, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, potentially make some trades when it comes to just business decisions in general. Um, and speaking of business decisions, I know we've already talked in the last few weeks about, some some management changes, some coaching changes. And most recently today, actually, um, the Vancouver Warriors just announced that Rob Williams, the uh, assistant coach over at the Desert Dogs, uh, shout out Desert Dogs, uh, is actually going back to reunite with Kurt Miloski at, uh, you know, the, the Vancouver Warriors program there. Um, they had coached together um, Rob was the defensive coach for uh, Calgary for a little bit there, and and they made that relationship. So it's interesting to see Vancouver making these these moves, bringing in a tenured coach, bringing in somebody who he's worked with, who he knows he connects with in that defensive position, right? Being able to oversee that that defensive coordinator role. What are your thoughts, Garrett? It seems like Vancouver is not messing around this offseason. No, and it's uh, it's interesting. It's really interesting to see the teams that are deciding to like really bulk up and buckle down after um not making much moves or much noise last year. Um, they're serious about it. We see the rush are um really shaking things up with the whole Mark Matthews thing. He's been there forever. Now they you know hey get out of here. Not saying get out of here, but hey we got to change some things up. Um, Vancouver, same thing. We're bringing you know a couple of new coaches here, um, and I really want to see what that is going to do for their team. Um, not so much in the locker room, but more so on the field. Uh, we know the locker room culture is really going to stay in there, depending on some coaches like to change it up, but a lot of coaches like to leave it and maybe add to it. But really, what it's going to show is on the field um, what that's going to be towards these um, towards these players and towards and towards the production of the team. So it's yeah. going to be an interesting season coming up, no doubt. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've established, right, this is this is our first time kind of covering the offseason, and it's it's really interesting to see, especially because there's just so many moving parts. And I don't mean that in the, the cliche way that, like, obviously there's a lot of people and a lot of things that go into making, a, you know, a professional league. But, you know, thinking about everyone that is currently playing in the PLL, everyone that's playing summer ball, um, you know, in Canada, right? You know, these lacrosse guys, it's not like the NBA, the MLB, the NFL, where they just have an offseason and then they play one season, right? These guys are jumping from league to league, season to season. They're playing all year round. I'm curious, uh, you know, I might pick Ian's brain about how that all works and, and if you know, it's kind of tough to stay up to date on everything that's happening in one league while they're playing in another. 
how that affects relationships on teams and things like that, right? Because you could be playing with somebody in one league uh, and, you know, then you get traded and now you're playing with them in a different league, whatever that might look like. It's it's pretty interesting and it's really cool to see how, uh, and, you know, Tucker's mentioned this before, how, you know, professional this product is really becoming with it, you know, not just being a bunch of really good lacrosse players, you know, picking teams and, and playing games. This is a real business that they're yeah. putting together here. Um, and it's almost like, you know, I want to follow the draft day now. I want to see what that looks like. I want to I want to continue to stay up to date on all these moves that are happening because we're seeing a lot of shifts, not only again in players and, um, you know, what teams are actually going to look like when that roster is finalized, but actually who's leading those teams. And we're seeing programs really start to step up. Uh, and it looks like, you know, even – Programs like Buffalo and, you know, the Seals, right, they're taking advantage of their offseason and trying to make sure they bring back key pieces and, and things like that, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really cool to see a breakdown of of all of that and, and just watch it kind of unfold in front of you. Um, you know, I, I kind of want to go back just a little bit to the, the PL All-Star game. We kind of touched on it there for a second, but did you happen to catch any of the all-star game in Louisville? What were your thoughts, kind of reactions? You know, what do you think? A little bit. I'm, I go back and forth on like how of the, the all-star game as like a whole period. Um, Cause I went to one in, this is when the MLL was still, still a thing in, I believe it was Houston or Austin, Texas. This was still years ago. Um, it's cool from a, kid fan perspective i'd say for sure um but i don't necessarily think it really really fits in the middle of the season all of a sudden for an actual like team perspective like the accolade that's awesome congratulations you made it i would like to see that you know towards the end of the season when it's all when when stuff's kind of set and done and then we then you do an all-star game or something to that effect um still love the guys game was actually kind of cool um i do like the 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 sponsor of it um i glad they kind of moved away from crowdstrike being a sponsor even though i'm a cybersecurity guy but crowdstrike you're not the person to be sponsoring this the adversaries and the defenders that's a terrible name um (laughs) their jerseys look really cool some really cool saves you saw blaze and cage again making some casual kick saves and some behind the back dimes to clear out the ball um Ryder Garnsey doing Ryder Garnsey things as always who and then we have Jared Newman here actually scoring some goals in the game now he had one crazy little behind the back twirly whirly ripper shot that missed but if he would have got that that would have been all over sports center um but still it's a it's a fantastic it's a cool I, I don't know I go like I say I go back and forth on it it's a cool mix of mid-season break of guys of lacrosse just kind of showing off what they can do. And well, maybe so that's what it was do, do we like the fact that they put the young guns against the veterans? I I don't know. Or do that's we a, like last year where we had, you know, players picking their own teams? I which one? I kind of I kind of like players picking their own teams. That one seems a little bit cooler. Um cuz I mean, young guns versus like the old guys. I mean, no offense to the old guys, but I I don't know. I I like the idea of players picking their teams. That one seems a little bit more fun. Well, and I expected the young guns to really give a you know a solid effort, but I mean, and it was a lot closer near the end. But I mean, the beginning of the game, the veterans were up like nine to one at one point. Yeah, no, you like definitely 10. saw that experience. Really they were just, over. 
Yeah, they were just, I mean, going goal for goal. Um, that was yeah, funny. I don't know. I I don't I don't think there's necessarily a, a wrong way to do it. I just I think I do like the format where they're picking their their team. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about some of the events, right? Obviously, fastest shot making a, a you know making its appearance again, right? We've got uh, the skills competition, right? Where you're, you know, shooting at targets. I thought that was pretty entertaining. I thought the accuracy of it was a little lackluster. I think a lot of the people that participated didn't perform very well, which, you know, just happens. Like, you know, I think you expect, Hey, you watch a three point competition, you know, someone, uh, you know, they average 15 to, you know, on the high, like 22 makes out of 30. Right. These guys are shooting for 30 seconds and and some of them are hitting two targets. I mean, yeah. that's like not really a great <laughs> percentage, and it's not necessarily super exciting from a fan standpoint. I like the event. I think it could be refined. The one event that I did really like was the uh goalie clearing competition. I thought mm-hmm. they could have they could have done a little bit more with that. I felt like it was really kind of just quick like they were just did it and it was done that was cool that blaze won that um i think the points system was really cool and the fact that you could like try to shoot it all the way down the other end for the most points and like make it in the goal that's how blaze won so you know i i think they're on the right track i think something has to be done for the uh i don't even remember what it's called but like the creative kind of shot right competition where you've got the guys like they're they're the almost freestyle competition yeah the freestyle competition right it's it's kind of reminiscent of a dunk contest right mm-hmm. and what you're looking at is uh, you know guys running out of ideas of things that they can do with their stick and they're all, almost just coming up with skits i mean it's like watching like snl you know you're just having them go out and try to like be the funniest performance which i i don't get me wrong i like i think there's something to that and i think it is entertaining but I think that we're we just need a little bit more planning from the PLL's part to to make sure that what the guys are doing out there is re- received well. Maybe they practice it the day before or something like that. I really don't yeah. know what goes into it, but you know, like the they had the you know Sisselberg go out there and he's slamming the guy through the table. That's great. But then the next one, he's like rolling the guy in the trash can. I don't know. I thought that was weird. And then. Ryder goes out on and he's like riding his teammate wearing a, a you know horse mask and which I thought was creative right because you're you're near Churchill Downs there in Louisville but I don't know what do you think I I think there's just something there's something that's left to be desired there's is kind of weird. yeah and I don't really know like you said really what it could be but it 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 could be just like um a little bit more of like the creative direction on it can be um workshopped a little bit more um it's a cool competition, but maybe you, instead of doing the freestyle competition, you do something else. Um, we do have a whole field here, you know, let's do something to where it's like, you have to utilize the whole field, make it a team game or something like that. Um, or position games. Um, yeah, I could see, I don't know if you've ever watched the, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you've caught some of it, but the, the NBA does like a, a sort of skills type event where, mm-hmm. you know, you have to like dribble around obstacles. You have to like make passes um, you have to, you know, make a layup and then you have to, it's kind of like almost like an obstacle course type yeah. thing. And then the NFL kind of has something, um, a little bit more refined with like their accuracy where it's like the quarterbacks, you know, throwing like to targets and things like that. I don't know. I just think they should take from other leagues and make it their own, you know, Boom. take what's worked best and then capitalize on that. 
Yes. Um, overall, I think it was a great event for the sport. Uh, I'm happy to see that it was in Louisville, which is obviously a non-traditional hotbed. Um, apparently the Midwest, like Tucker brought up last week, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great place for you. You know, you, you put it in a good spot. People are really wanting to come, come see it. And then everyone has a good time around it. That's the, that's the main part of it. It's like, you don't, you want, you don't want to have somewhere. It's like, all right, cool. That one thing was fun. Now, what do we do? Yeah. I think that one of the things that, um, you know, I, I was kind of looking for is just a little bit more fan engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think something that other leagues do well is like, they just, they bring kids on the field for like every single possible thing that they can. Right. Like I, I think that, you know, getting people, it's clearly not a serious event where, right. you know, these guys are there playing in an intense all-star game or like taking these, these events, you know, super seriously. So, Hey, let's get some kids involved. Let's figure out how we can make it, you know, more of a, an entertainment type offering. Um, and, you know, we want these people to come back, right? Like right. If they're coming and, and watching this, let's give them a reason to stay invested in our league. I don't know. The last thing that I kind of have about this, and then we can get to Ian's interview here. Um, I was pretty excited to see them release the um, the cities for the finalists for their locations, right? They released it at halftime. Um, and I was like expecting them to really narrow it down and they released like 26 locations. Oh yeah. Which I was like, Okay, so, you know, you're building this hype up about releasing these locations for next year for these teams to be based. But really, you kind of just came out with almost the same exact list and are trying to keep people engaging with the PLL through the rest of the season so they can figure out what teams are going to go where and if their city is going to get a team. Um, I from a fan, I think that sucks because I'm like, oh, I want to see Chicago in the top 10 but not the top 26. Like that means nothing. to Yeah. Me. It's, that's, but, it's, it's like, Hey, we had a big list. Here's a smaller list. I think it's a, it's probably a, a business move by the PLL and I'm sure they know what they're doing, but from a fan perspective, I was like, damn, I was really hoping that we, you know, would have weeded out the pack, but nonetheless, uh, I think it was a good event. Um, that's pretty much everything I got. You ready to move on to uh, Ian's interview here? Oh yeah. He's, I know we're ready. He's definitely ready. So let's, transition on over there perfect welcome back everybody to the box cross channel the podcast you know and love and you watch all every time it's the picking corners podcast here we have previously well i guess not previously currently known as the the nll champion himself ian now before i say this his last name if you go look on his college profile he has a nice handlebar mustache a little bit more filled in now but that boy was rocking that thing like a motorcycle so i'm gonna call him <laughs> the motorcycle chopper mckay <laughs> those things were under that helmet and it was like that i know gave defenders a little bit to build the shakes so how are you feeling today i'm feeling good i, I i'm i've always rocked spatial hair and i usually mess around with mustaches especially in college when i cared a little less so um i was definitely going for a little bit intimidation factor but i, I like the nickname i'll i'll roll with it there you go will it will it ever make it with the <clears throat> or you're kind of stuck with the uh the current look now 
Uh, I've kind of just had the current look going for a bit. Last year in the finals, we uh, the whole team did mustaches. I think that's the last time I did it. And it obviously uh, didn't end well, so I haven't really gone back to that because I don't, I don't like those memories much. But um, <laughs> I, might, I might have to make an appearance again soon because it's always fun to mess around with. Yeah, is that kind of like a, a superstition thing where you guys, you know, you, you all decided to, to go for it and then it didn't work out. So like this time around, you're like, all right, guys, like we're not doing the mustache thing. <laughs> we're we're going to let this ride. Yeah, we definitely uh, we didn't really come. I think everyone just like naturally did beards anyways, just because like every, most guys are Canadian and like playoff hockey, grow a beard out like that kind of thing. So it's playoffs, just do it anyways. But um, we definitely like made sure that we weren't doing mustaches again because obviously didn't work the year before. So is that, is anything but mustaches? And I think just everyone kind of fell into the beards without uh, actually talking about it. Nice. Well, I see I'm doing a little deep dive in social media here and I uh, you got some pictures of you in the NLL cup taking a little swim here. Um, now it looks a little, it looks dry, but I got a fan question. Uh, how many beers have been consumed out of that cup since you guys won it? Uh, that's, I don't know if there's a number that exists, uh, to, to measure how many beers have been in there. It's, uh, in, in the cup and on the cup, but, uh, I don't think we we're really, I, we were never told this, but I was just listening to, uh, another lacrosse podcast that was just had caught, uh, Curtis Dixon on it. And he said that when they won in 2019, they were advised not to drink out of it because like the paint's toxic in it or something like that. And that's the first I've ever heard of it was on that podcast. And I've drank a lot of beer out of it. So I'm hoping <laughs> uh, I'm hoping that paint's not toxic anymore. But uh, I guess we'll find out. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I listened to that Back of the Bird episode too. And, and I thought that was pretty interesting because, I mean, one of the coolest things about, you know, winning it all, getting a, getting an awesome trophy is the fact that you get to celebrate, right, and, and drink out of it. It's kind of, you know, that rite of passage. So you'd think that 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 would come into play when they're designing the trophy, right? But it doesn't sound like it stopped you guys from from having a good time with it. Is that is that no? That's that's pretty accurate. We, uh, I mean, right after we won, obviously we had it out all night out at the bars, and then the next day we kept it going and we're bar hopping around Buffalo. The guys who live here, um, drinking out of it and still partying, and we had it on the golf course, drinking out out and. Uh, off of it we're doing like the luges off of it but that trophy <laughs> is deadly like i think it's, it's it's heavier than you think it's like 50 pounds probably like real heavy and then sharp like if drinking out of it's hard because of like how pointy the top is you can't really find like a good spot that's why like luging is easier off it gotcha. on top of the apparent toxic paint inside of it but um like i we were we had our like little parade and we were out afterwards and um, obviously was probably the furthest, furthest thing from sober. And I was uh, in, well, as in you one of the be, bar. Right? Yeah. Like not going to not take advantage of that, but sure. um, I was pouring drinks out of it and luge, like helping people lose with it, like, like on a bar or something. And our social media girl, Kelsey sweet. who I'll give a shout out. Cause I, almost lost almost knocked all of her teeth out with the trophy because <laughs> it was so slippery and uh the tip of it like caught her chin and split her open and no um, i don't i don't think she ended up getting stitches but she'll probably have a pretty uh pretty cool scar to 
to, to have for the rest of her life. And whenever anyone asks that it can be that the NLL cut, up, uh, cut her up, but it's, it's heavy and it's dangerous, but it's, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd take a cut on the chin any day to, to be drinking out of that again. So. Oh, absolutely. It's a championship caliber injury there, right? Like it oh, was hundred percent totally worth it for you. So, I mean, Garrett, I know, I know you have some kind of like deeper questions and PLL things while we're on the topic of NLL championship, I, I kind of want to just pick your brain a little bit. We've had a few uh, bandits on the podcast already, um, but really cool to kind of talk to you about your experience. You mentioned in pre-show being able to play with that high octane type offense, right? And and how that experience has been, you know, now being able to see it all come to fruition as as champions. What's it like being able to take the floor with that group? I'm sure it's kind of special for you, but you know, in your own words, what does that look like? Yeah, it's I mean, it's pretty incredible. Like you just look at our offense and anyone can get hot at any time. I mean, everyone probably already knows the list, but like on the left side with Burnsy, Kluge, Brad McCulley, Brad, uh, Brandon Robinson before he got injured was lights out for us. Um, you know, on the right side, Dane, Bucky, DeHoga, Chase, like coming back uh, from missing most of the year. Um, I mean, it's lethal, right? Like obviously everyone kind of gives the attention to Josh and Dane, um, but that just opens it up for the other guys. And uh, obviously every team's good in the NLL, but if you have five guys on the floor at one time capable of covering all five of our offensive guys, then um, it's going to be a pretty good matchup. So to be able to play some games offensively this year, is it was kind of, I mean, they're my boys and I and live with most of them uh, for a while. Um, a lot of us live in Buffalo and they're hanging out, working out every day together, but to be able to, actually be on the floor playing offense with them and, you know, seeing their reads and just picking up on like little nuances. Like there would be times where I'd be cutting back door and like, I see how open it I am and I'm like shaking my stick and then Dane will pass it. And like they, the D guy, like, isn't even looking at Dane, but he's looking at me. So we get to the bench and Dane's like, Hey, I, I know you're open. Just like, don't shake your stick, like play dumb. And then don't put your stick up till the ball's in the air. And I'm like, that's just the craziest thing I've ever heard. So to be able to like pick up those things and, and play some offense this year with those guys was, was pretty cool. And um, just trying to, to, to fit in wherever I could and open things up for, for Josh and Kluge on the left side uh, when they were in or Brad, whoever it was. So, um, but yeah, it's pretty impressive to, to see uh, every game and every practice, those guys. Yeah. It seems like it comes down to just having an insurmountable, you know, level of trust for each other. Right. And just, being able to understand that everyone's doing their own job, where, where does that trust kind of start? And then you just mentioned that you lived with a lot of those guys. I imagine it starts somewhere in the off season, you know, getting ready for, for your first few games and then kind of develops over the, the course of the season. But, you know, is there kind of some, some key moments where you feel like you just, you're just locked in with, with these guys? I mean, I think it's just, it's year round. I mean, if you look kind of at the, at the core um, of the Buffalo guys, I, I say the Buffalo guys, the guys who have lived here the last few years, like you look at myself, Josh, Dane, Kluge, Fraze, um, you know, in season, um, Brad Dehoga, um, uh, Nathan Kuznetsikov, like we all live in Buffalo. We work out every day together. We're doing our school program. Um, you know, like everything we do in town, like we don't all live together anymore, 
the younger guys live together, but uh, we do everything together throughout the day. So, I mean, just being able, like, like this year, for example, Brad and I did the school program. Um, our, like we did everything together with um, cause and Dehoga, like just getting to know those younger guys and being around them more and, and, you know, just shooting the shit every day with them, like all that, like, you just get to know them on a personal level away from lacrosse that like that friendship builds that, um, you know, you can bring over, uh, to on the, on the, uh, floor. So, um, just getting to be with those guys. And then, I mean, if you look at like some of us, right, like myself, Josh, Dane, Chase, Kluch, I mean, Max Adler's in there too. We all play in the PLL together as well. So it's pretty unique to be able to, um, be on, two professional teams together with as, as many guys as we have um, and to be as successful as we have been. Um, so I think just naturally like spending that much time with one another, um, whether it's one-on-one or in group settings, you're just going to build that trust and that chemistry and um, it just carries over on the floor as well. Absolutely. Are you, uh, you hitting up the cryo bar with those guys? Oh yeah. That's, that's the number one spot every day. Uh, we go to the gym and then right to cryo, whether it's for a freeze or, or for a sauna. So um, shout out to our, to Jake over at Buffalo Cryo. He, he's been hooking us up for since I've been in Buffalo the last five years. So it's uh, I probably wouldn't be feeling as good as I do if it wasn't for the, for uh, Buffalo Cryo. Yeah, I mean, you know, and I promise I, I won't hijack the whole thing, Garrett. But I, <laughs> it, it really, and I'm sure there, there's other teams that that have somewhat similar experiences, but. You know, one thing that you can really tell when you talk to you guys is that it it really is a family and that you guys, it it's not just, you know, the season starts, you all get together, you play for a season, and then, you know, you're out, you're doing the next thing. You guys continue to support each other. You're you're part of each other's lives. And, and that's almost been a huge part of your success. I mean, would, would you agree with that? Yeah, a hundred percent. And I, and I think you'd, you don't just look at the guys who live in Buffalo. You look at, at our entire team. Like this was one of, if not the closest locker rooms I've ever been a part of this past year. And I mean, we brought a lot of the guys back from the the previous year and our kind of core since I've been in Buffalo has kind of been intact with the, you know, bringing in new pieces um, kind of each year. But this, this locker room was, was so tight. Like, every time we could travel together, we were making sure we were, we um, were trying to do, you know, group dinners together, um, you know, on the road. Like I wasn't going, we weren't going to dinner with like the same group of people. Like it wasn't just the Buffalo guys going to dinner, you know, it was like making sure you're going with other guys each time and, and getting to know one another and um, sitting on planes, whatever it was, it was, you know, always trying to, trying to be together whenever we could after games, you know, trying not to have guys just like spread out and do their own thing, like make sure we're doing kind of everything together and, um, you know, those things, I think you don't really realize in the moment, but, um, doing that stuff and that team bonding, um, whether it's traveling, eating meals, going out after games, whatever it is in the locker room, um, it, it just helps bring a team together, uh, in the long run. So, like I said, it was one of the, one of the closest locker rooms I've ever been a part of. It seems like that kind of last integral part has really been the fan base for you guys. Um, you know, it's, it's got to be, tell me this, is it as crazy and intense and just as amazing as it seems from the outside? Everything you see and then some, like you can't, 
watching on TV or seeing videos just doesn't do its justice. Like you have to be in it to know how awesome our fan base is. And, um, you know, to be just under a sellout in the final game and to win it in front of our fans too, after the heartbreak of the year before losing in front of a sellout and, you know, losing in 2019, having all these expectations and getting back year after year, um, you know, to win it. Obviously we want to win it for ourselves, but like, if you talk to anyone in Buffalo or on the team, even like everything the city's been through the last couple of years, you know, with, with the tragedy of the top shooting and, and the huge blizzard we had this year and the amount of people who lost their lives during that, like Buffalo's just been hit so hard in so many different ways. And um, I didn't, I didn't realize how much a lacrosse championship, a championship, meant to Buffalo, let alone a lacrosse championship. Like if you, if you think about lacrosse and the, the spectrum of pro sports, like we have the bills, we have the Sabres, like obviously if either of those teams wins, the city's going to light on fire probably. But like for us winning the amount of people who reached out saying like, you have no idea how much this means. Like, thank you so much. I've been season ticket holders since 92, seeing the other chain, whatever it was like it, it truly meant a lot to the city of Buffalo for, for us to win. And it's, it's pretty cool, you know, living here the last five years and, and starting to get ingrained in, in the community and hear those different stories. Um, it, it just kind of hit home because, you know, Buffalo is, is home for me now. So it was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it seems, I mean, super special. And I know uh, one of our goals this year for the podcast is to, to travel out to Buffalo and make it for a game. So we'll definitely have to come uh, hit you guys up and uh, definitely, catch definitely. it's worth it. Garrett. So take, take the mic, brother. A little transition here. So we're going to go from, from box to field. Um, I know a lot of your teammates are, you know, you are, you're pretty much on the same squad. Let's be serious. You just go from one arena to the other. Um, who's the best, who is best at making that transition though? Do you think out of all of you all, are you going to go with yourself or is it like, as soon as like, I'm talking like light switch transition. From box to field. Yeah. Oh man. Um, I'll, I'm probably going to say myself just because playing defense is, um, it's not easier. Like being a DMID is the hardest part of field lacrosse. I think it's the hardest position in field lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe aside from being a goalie, um, cause you gotta be nuts to not wear equipment and take 120 mile per hour shots. Um, but you know, it's kind of funny. We joke about it sometimes with like the, the guys in chaos and, and towers and all the coaching staff and everything, but there's no boards. Right. So like, if you're trying to feed a pass in, like you normally wouldn't box, or you're taking a shot that you normally wouldn't box, you know, and like, especially in the passing situation, like if the ball rolls out of bounds, that's a turnover. Right. Whereas in box, like it's just hitting the boards, you're going to battle for a loose ball more times than not coming up with it and just continuing on offense. Right. So for, you know, guys like Dane and Josh and Kluge who are, are really talented lacrosse players trying to make plays, like, for them to, like, not see, like, force a pass that they normally would in box, and they did for the last six months, it's probably going to be a pretty hard transition when you get to field. So, for me, it's just finding hips and cross-checking as hard as I can. So, I'd say I'd probably make the, the transition a little easier. And then staying with that short stick D-mid, um, you made a good point on Twitter, and it's it's funny that we're interviewing you today because I was I was as the all star lineup got released and I'm scrolling on Twitter. I'm seeing your name pop up more than a couple times. 
Um, and it wasn't just you tweeting out stuff. It was other people tweeting out the same things. Um, and it was, you're only going to bring two short stick demons to this all-star game. Now, granted, yeah, it's an all-star game, but still, that's a lot of, that's a lot to hold on for two people that are pretty much, Hey, you're going to be out there every, every possession. Um, that's wild. And then the two to also not recognize that the other great short stick D mids throughout the league. Like I know there's more than two because there just has to be. Um, and then for you personally, you weren't on that list. One of the pretty, I'd say great, good, greater short D, short stick D mids on the, uh, on the PLL. And the fans seem to really agree with that. Saw a lot of memes, saw a lot of like, uh, a little what the hell is going on here and even the alternate list weren't even on that so it was like okay so really what's going on here what was your your take on that um when you were like basically what's called a snub pretty much yeah i mean i'm not really the one to like go on social media and like you know for me like that kind of thing but at the same time, like eventually you got to kind of stand up for yourself. I know your teammates will and um, coach as well. Like I know coach towers after the, the post game and in, um, in Connecticut, like came back to the mic and said like myself and Brian Minicus were like snubs. And I mean, like the fact that Minicus wasn't in it is ins- the guys up for, should be up for rookie of the year, if not winning it. Like he's like unbelievable, but eventually like you do have to stand up for yourself or you're just never going to, get the recognition or people won't notice it or whatever it may be. And whether I'm blind to it and I'm just trying to pump my own tires or other people agree with me or not, um, you know, like it's, it's not only in field, like I feel like in box I've been snubbed on a couple of transition player of the year nominees, um, you know, like, and again, I, it's, it's pick and choosing your times on when to, you know, be vocal about it. Um, you know, at the time, like the NLL awards were coming out, we're also trying to battle a championship and like, I don't really care. Like, I just want to win a championship at that point. You know what I mean? But like with an all-star game, it's like, I've never been in one pretty cool experience to be in one. I feel like I'm one of the better D middies in the league. You see the list come out and there's only two D middies. And with the new shot clock, uh, after, um, face-offs, like I know with us on the chaos, we dress for D middies. Like, yeah, I'm kind of going two way, but we dress for middies, D middies every game. I know a couple other teams are doing the same thing. And yes, yeah, so I get an all-star game. You want to see the offense. You want to see the flair and everything. But I mean, it, it, only bringing two D middies. If you play like a real game, those two D middies are playing every single shift. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it's unrealistic. Um, and then the two that got picked, whether they were injured or whatever it was, weren't, didn't end up making a trip. And then they only replaced with one D midi and they're bringing more players who I don't know like exact stats, but like as a D midi, I'm probably pushing close to the stats they have as, as offensive midi. So when you see that, it's, it just gets frustrating, especially, you know, I, I, uh, didn't play the first game of the year. I've only played in four games leading up to it. feel like I played four really good games, have put up some offensive numbers, been playing well defensively. Um, and again, you know, like it's just, it's just trying to pick the right time to, to, to speak up. And at the same time, I'm trying to have fun with it too. Like, you know, poking fun of myself or 
throwing the memes up or, or whatever it is, but, um, and having a little bit of fun with it, especially with the people who are agreeing with me and, and kind of having my back and those who said they voted for me. So it, it was definitely frustrating to see. I know um, that's not what it's all about. Again, like I said, like I want to win another PLL championship and um, you know, I'll do whatever it takes as a, as a teammate to do that. But when you're having good years and you're not, and you're not getting recognized, it, it can get pretty frustrating. And, eventually you got to stand up for yourself like i've been saying so that's kind of kind of was my approach and how i went about it so let me i can see where you're talking about like picking and choosing your battles with it because it, it i don't say it's like uncharacteristic but it's like i haven't seen that before um like ian mckay and his your own tweets popping up on my timeline like that for different things so i mean you handle it well i think you handle it well you weren't like berating anybody you're saying hey i'm i'm literally right here I mean, right. they brought right. they brought four goalies and they brought four faceoff guys, right? Right. So like why, what? Right. Why, why stop at at that? Right. You know, it's it's not they make the rules. You know, it's, it's, right. You can hand out a couple more all star selections. It's really not that big of a deal, right? You know, maybe they they need some some criticism and some feedback. So I I'm all right. here, I'm all for it, and I think and it's it's become the same kind of argument. If you look at college with like the all American list, it's like it's not a it's not a team anymore. It's 10 attackmen, like yeah. 12 mid, you know what I mean? Like that's obviously exaggerated, but like, it's not the three best attackmen, three best middies, one faceoff guy, one LSM, one D midi, right. three close D guys and a goalie. Like what a starting lineup would be. It's like, it's the okay, we're going to, exactly. And I, I, I get it. People want to see offense. People want to see goals, all that. But like, you know, um, it's, it's just, like I said, sometimes you got to stand up for yourself and, um, it, it was just frustrating. So I, you know, I told the line with it, obviously. Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say is that like, you're bringing obviously personalities, the, the PLL does a really good job of, you know, bringing the personalities out of each individual, right? Like you look at guys, they obviously have cameras and a lot of guys faces and asking guys to do this, that, and the other thing. And, and they're really good at it. And they're really good at getting people out of their comfort show. And if you want to argue that, like, well, we're bringing these like personalities to the All Star game, it's like, okay, I get that you, but you already have guys with established personalities. Like, why not try to open it up for other guys as well? Like, not even saying for myself, right? Like, you, like, let's say Minicus, for example, right? Like, the kid's pretty quiet as a rookie. Like, you get him to an All Star game, you get a camera in front of his face a little bit more around guys, a little bit more comfortable, whatever it is, you might see a personality and get something from it. You know what I mean? So that was kind of the other avenue of it too, is just, um, you know, not just kind of falling into what you already know, but like trying to like expand it for other guys as well. So yeah. Like, like you're like, like you said, getting out of your comfort zone, really, even right. as a brand getting out of your comfort zone a little bit. Um, right. Definitely. So there's our controversy of the show right there. <laughs> um, and then it's like, I, I, I ask a lot of people of this. Um, you've had a really storied and impressive career um, from, when you started playing to as you continue playing um what i don't know if i want to do one or three give me and just do one who i do actually two you got a long time going two of the best teammates you've ever had in your career um any time any team any doesn't matter um one is a college teammate of mine for, I believe, three years. 
uh, Nick Rashuda. He was our goalie, one of the best goalies in the country. Um, he's the backup goalie for the Archers right now. Could arguably be a starter in the PLL as well. Um, one of the most like quiet, genuine guys for, you'd ever meet. Not like a rah-rah, not talking much, um, but was someone who always was there for you whenever you needed on and off the field, was pumping everyone up. Um, and what I really liked about him was like, he was kind of like me where we, we knew we wanted to move on to the next level and we wanted to do whatever it took to move on to the next level. So even the times like as a goalie, like obviously you have to like take shots to get better. Right. Like, so whether it was me texting him being like, Hey, like, let's go get shots. Even though you're our starting goalie and you see a bunch of shots in practice and everything anyways, like let's go get shots. He would never turn it down ever. Like he was indoors, outdoors in Vermont and cold weather, whatever it was, he was like always down for shots. And then he would always be texting me like, Hey, let's go get more. Let's go get more. Like always trying to push. So like to have someone like that at school with you, who, um, you know, knew he wanted to get to the next level and wanted to do whatever it took was, was really cool. And, and then just the kind of guy he was away from um, the field around the locker room, like I said, kind of quiet, but when you got him out of his shell was, was a fun time to be around. So he's one. Um, second one. I don't even want to pump his tires because he just pumps. He, he'll never be able to walk through a door. So that'll be so big, but <laughs> I'll, I'll go, I'm going to go with three, even though you asked for two, I'm going with three, okay. two, two, I'll go with, uh, with Dane, um, Dane Smith for, for all the hype he gets and all the notoriety that obviously is well-deserved. He truly is one of the best teammates. Um, you know, he's always throughout the season. He's, I live in Buffalo with him. I'm around him all the time, but you know, he's texting guys all the time, like making sure everyone's good seeing if they need anything. He's organizing team trips, team events. Um, you know, he like he for being like a superstar of the league, he he's really a team first guy. And um, you know, to to see him and his work ethic in the gym, like it's impressive. There's a reason why he's up for MVP every year and and gonna be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, like he has the hardest work ethic. He's not complacent with you know, getting all these awards and all that, like he's, he wants more championships and he's putting the work in and, and he's, you know, he's got a letter on his jersey for a reason as well. So Dane, and then kind of in that same, same conversation as, um, and more recently as Kyle Buchanan, he's like just the ultimate teammate. Like he's, he, I sit beside him in the locker room and kind of on that same level as Dane, like where he's, he's always active in the group chat. Um, he's always trying to plan events with the team, like after uh, games on the road or throughout the summer, always checking in with you, same kind of thing. Um, never has a bad attitude. He's always smiling. First one in the locker room, first one in the meal room, um, making sure guys got what they what they need and, and checking in with guys. So um, he, he's one of the best teammates for sure. So those those are my three. All right. It's a, good, it's a pretty good three. I'll say that's an impressive three. Um, I mean, I'm out of questions, so I don't want to talk to you. I can think of some more random stuff. And I, I just wanted to, I see he's wearing the Bills hat there. Are we going to see some some bandits outings to a game? You you got the boys together for a fantasy league. You know, are you, you excited for the season? You're a football fan? 
Yeah, I wasn't a huge football fan growing up in small town Ontario, where yeah. it's just two lane country roads everywhere. Um, it was hockey and lacrosse for me growing up. Uh, my dad would watch football, but I would just be like, this seems so boring. And then you get to school and obviously you're surrounded by Americans and it's all they've grown up watching. So right. start to watch, you know, Saturday college games and that kind of thing. And once you move to Buffalo, I mean, you have no choice. Like if you're not a Bills fan or you don't even pretend to like it, then you're not going to fit in. So I just fully bought in and went, went all, all in on it. And uh, I mean, it's so fun going to the tailgates are, is unbelievable. I actually just got confirmed. I'm getting season tickets uh, for, oh, for this go. year. So, so I'm full, fully bought in. There's myself, uh, Josh and Dane have seasons uh, with one of our other buddies um, as well. So we got the seasons, my girlfriend, um, she grew up like her childhood home is like six blocks away from the stadium. So we park there, walk up. It's, it's a good setup. So um, I'm all in hopefully, hopefully this year they can get over the hump. Yeah. Um, I know the chiefs have been the kind of the, their nemesis recently. So, um, you know, it was pretty cool. Like after we won, there was a couple guys, um, that were out with us afterwards. Nice. Um, and we kind of get to, to mingle with them and, and talking with some of them, they're like, man, like seeing, seeing how it is with you guys winning, like, like basically like no offense, but like, imagine if we won kind of thing. Yeah, and I was absolutely. like, right. No offense to state. Yeah. Like if you guys win, I'm not leaving. I'll leave my house for like the first night. And then I'm never leaving again <laughs> because it's the gonna city's be going to actually burn down. Like yeah. it's going to be insane. So, um, but yeah, they're, they're fun games to go to and um, getting to meet some of the guys um, through, you know, just Buffalo sports, whether it's appearances or them coming to games. Um, I know the linemen love coming to games. Um, <laughs> That's so cool. And throughout the playoffs, a bunch of guys, like they had drafted Kincaid and he was at a bunch of games. I know um, Alam, who they drafted last year, he's he's like fully bought in, comes to a bunch of games. Nice. Um, so so it's pretty cool. You get to meet those guys too. And um, But yeah, I'm, I'm all in on uh, Bill's Mafia. Yeah, that's sick. Do uh, do people recognize you when you're tailgating? Do they ever stop by and say, hey, are you Ian McKay? Uh, no, because I'm usually with Dane, and they're usually like, hey, are you Dane Smith? <laughs> so, they're like, oh, <laughs> can, you take, can you take our picture? <laughs> yeah, that that happens more times than you, you'd imagine. I'm, I'm right. usually the, the photographer for Dane. So, uh, But yeah, some, like even like all around town, like especially now that we've won too, like it's there's times where like you get a go bandits in the grocery store or whatever. It is. So <laughs> that's it's, so cool. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. Like I never thought I would ever get that being a pro lacrosse player, but if you're going to get it, that Buffalo is a spot where people are going to recognize you. So it's pretty cool. Okay. Well, that's, that's I got really a couple more fan questions. Go sorry. Um, hey, go right, for so it, we, got, we got to let them go at some point though. I, I know. I know. I'm sorry. I had something all else good, going on. All good. Okay. No, so we great. have, um, which team is more fun to play with bandits or chaos? Oh, that is that's an unfair question. <laughs> you know, you can you can pass or you can answer. We'll you say that. Oh, I gotta pass because that's just unfair. They're both <laughs> they're both fun and unique, and they're and for their different rights. So I got I can't you. Just pick one. Now, this one you cannot pass on. This is the last question of the day, <laughs> and we're out of here. This is very important because how you answer this will determine everything. It's a lot of pressure. In sync or Battery Boys? Battery Boys. 
All right, we got to go. All right, guys, that was fun. <laughs> um, we'll see you guys later. We've got Ian McKay on, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Ian, we always like to give everyone, uh, you know, closing remarks. So if you want to shout out what you're doing with US Box Up, if there's any advice you want to offer to the to the fans, by all means, you got a couple minutes to to close us out here, brother. Yeah, I'll give a shout out to to the US Box the team we're doing. Uh, we got the College Box League here in Buffalo. Um, shout out to the Roll Pids as they like to, they that's how they break it down, the Rapids. So we got our last <laughs> game of the year coming up um, and then playoffs. So, um, you know, hopefully we're getting hot at the right time and can make a, make a good push to get to nationals. Um, other than that, um, shout out to my golf game. It's getting better. Uh, <laughs> hopefully I'm trying, I'm trying to, Kluch is the golfer in Buffalo. He, he's kind of the, the guy we're chasing. Dane and I are pretty close and Josh is slowly creeping up behind, uh, behind and, and then Chase is bringing up the rear. He's usually searching for a ball somewhere in the, in the cornfield. So, <laughs> um, but I'll shout out, shout out our golf game. Um, trying to get better, trying to spend probably stupid amount of money on just being an average golfer. So hey, it's all worth it. But, right? uh, but yeah, no, I appreciate you guys too. Having me on. This is, uh, it's been great fired up. We uh, were able to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I really appreciate you being flexible. I, I know we kind of had to coordinate some some schedules and things, but you know, really appreciate you coming on. I think it, you've given a lot of really cool perspective, and excited to get this out to the fans. And we were excited to come support you guys this season, and uh, you know, follow you the rest of the year. So appreciate, it and then uh, hope you have a good rest of your night, brother. Yeah, thank you guys. Let uh, if you guys end up making a trip to Buffalo, you guys gotta let me know. We'll uh, I'll show you the best wing spot in town. Perfect. Well, okay. Well, you got to tell me what, because I, I was in Buffalo a couple. You're gonna years hold ago, it till so we get there. Right? Is it Anchor Bar or, or are you the? the no. Oh, oh God, no. So I know it's a hot. It's a hot topic. That's so unfortunate. No, it's uh, Bar Bills. Bar Bills a spot over in East Aurora. It's it's unreal. Uh, Wing Nuts is kind of coming up, sneaking up on everyone. It's well, I guess it's probably not sneaking up anymore. But um, I've had that a couple times. It's pretty good too. So. Those are probably my two go-to right now. <laughs> awesome. And well, we- if you have to have blue cheese, you can't have ranch. You gotta have blue cheese. All right. You we we come out there. We we can we can do the whole wing circuit. Make sure we right. get the Buffalo experience. Perfect. I'm all <laughs> in. Awesome. Well, thanks, Ian. Really appreciate it. Again, uh, excited to continue to support you, and uh, hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good one.